on maynard.com.au. AU! The law of natural selection has failed once again. It's Bunga Bunga! With myself, Maynard, and... Me, Tim Ferguson of the Fergusons. Live here from the Madame Fru Fru Cafe, where indeed natural selection has failed, but you've got around it there by putting on wheels, Tim. I have put on wheels, and not just on my feet, on my elbows as well, should I fall over. And I'm sitting in a chair, wait for it, with wheels. Look, I was doing some extra work on the set of that Maelstrom movie, which is Pacific Rim 2. We had a wheelchair person on the set, and she could do amazing stuff with her wheelchair, and it didn't have handles on the back to be pushed around or anything. Well, was that some sort of athletic wheelchair she had? What were those ones called, Tim? It might have been. There are also these other magical discs, Maynard, that you can clamp onto the wheels, and there's some kind of kinetic energy machine thing, which means it's a bit like power steering. Maybe she was using one of those, but she's got no complaints. She's in Pacific Rimming too. That's awesome. Pacific Rimming 2 is going to be a great film. An awesome film. If you loved the first one, and come on, you know you did, this one's going to have bigger robots, more of them, and maybe... No, in fact, that's enough. We are here at the Madame Fru-Fru Cafe. where It's actually cool in the morning. It's the only one hour of the day Tim can leave the house. The one hour a day, and then I have to go and hunker in the darkness, Maynard. It's going to be terrifying. I know where the light switch is, but I like to keep myself on edge. Well, let's find out what is the edgy news with Bunga Bunga News. Tim, what's news in your world? The Doug Anthony All-Stars are touring. We're coming to Lisbon for... The 431. The 431 bus just went past. Yeah, we're coming to Lismore, we're coming to the Canberra Comedy Festival, and we're also coming to Coffs Harbour. So we're going to the places that nobody ever goes to, not even tourists. Yeah, because these regional centres, these are places that maybe even originally you never got to with the Dugs. We were always a bit too busy to get to places. We went to Byron Bay, and I don't think we're allowed to go back to Byron Bay. <laughs> Hopefully we won't have to go back to Lismore either, but we'll see. Does the show take on a bit more of a combative flavour in the regional areas, even more than usual. It's horrible. It's Doug Anthony All-Stars at our even worst. Because when we know that we can burn bridges, the whole show is about having matches. What does Mr Livingston bring to this as the guitarist? Is he expected to come up with material since he doesn't actually say anything? Mr Livingston, the guitarist, uh, operates under his own guidelines. Uh, Sometimes he will say something funny and we will steal that and pretend it's our own. At the moment Paul McDermott and I are writing scripts while he is uh, getting the songs down on his guitar. Imagine there's no heaven. We were writing yesterday, we hit point a few times where even we had to think that might be a bit too much. You heard it first here on Bunga Bunga 33 that the Doug Anthony All-Stars self-reflecting that they may have gone too far. I don't think I've ever heard that. Well, we do like provoking people. We're old men in a hurry. You don't want to get in our way. When I was doing the Pacific Rimming 2 work, someone was saying, oh, I know you're from something. And I just said to them, I've done a lot of nothing. Perhaps you've seen some of it. That's funny. Well, look up at the sky at night time and there is Maynard. Crank mail. Crank mail. Crank mail. Crank mail. 
you can contact the Bunga Bunga team, which is basically me and a bit of Tim, really, is what, what we've got here, about what you would like us to solve on the show. And we've got a Bunga Bunga Facebook page, and that's how we do it. And also on Twitter. I put up on Twitter, anybody got any stuff for us today? And nothing. Twitter was useless to us. Twitter is in real trouble, apparently. Yeah. Donald Trump's tweets were thought to be turning people to Twitter, but he tweets and the rest of the media reports upon it, so people don't feel like they have to go to Twitter anymore. Ah, I was always a bit disappointed when uh, ABC News 24 just reads tweets out. It just feels like go down to the pub and ask a few people what they think and read that out. And would that be as valid, you know? Or ask the camera person. Let's talk to Moira. We'll talk to Moira. Yeah, reading tweets, I think, is below the ABC because they don't operate as uh, a genuine audience. Because for started, you're talking to people with time to tweet. They should always say, now, this lady with time to tweet says, and that immediately undermines whatever she's going to gormlessly say. We had a night with the sceptics. We did a big sceptical evening. Maynard, dear listener, is very big on the sceptics. You're at the core of scepticism, aren't you? And did you hear the laugh I got when I mentioned how much I enjoy ancient aliens? It's a capacity crowd of very sceptical people. You did sell out on books and your artwork. Sold lots of art, sold books... Great night. You've got to love the sceptics. We're going to be playing a little bit of that to you later. We're going to be bringing you... Uh, it's almost like a Bunga Bunga Live, because you can hear the audience having a bit of a laugh and the audience actually asking us questions. We're going to be playing that in the later half of this show, Bunga Bunga 33. And if you'd like Bunga Bunga to happen live in your venue, please get in touch, because we don't like to go to all that sort of fuss. Also, vote for us on the Castaway Awards, the Australian Castaway Podcast Awards. We're there. I've entered us in that podcasting competition as most popular. We've got nine votes as the most popular podcast, but we do have the most handsome artwork photo of anyone. It's the one with you and the butter knife. Oh, yeah, that's a very cute photograph. Please vote nine. If we can get ten votes as the world's most popular podcast, we're cooking, Maynard. Even Hitler sounded very confused that that's all we got. Nine, 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 nine. He was a huge podcast listener. Let's open the crank mail. Crank mail. Oh, Tim, I, I know there's a little animal uh, urinating there, Tim, in that uh, sting. What do you think that might be as the 431 goes past us again? Well, interestingly, Maynard, it's not an animal. And interestingly, it is actually Sting. Sting, ex of the police. That's right, Sting. You can sort of feel the lukewarm temperature of it. Let's have another listen. It's definitely Sting. Because of his yoga practices, he can pee for days without ending. Oh, he can, he can. Crank mail. First one from Grant McCarran. I've got no idea what he's saying. He asks, how would Tim have ensured bold personality would have succeeded as fine cotton and would Hanson have been involved? I've got no idea what that means. We were talking about Egyptian sheets as having a high cotton count. Oh, they do, yeah. And so I'm 100% behind that. Go with the sheets, Grant. Scott Burton's got a good one here. Scott Burton of Adelaide, he's writing, is pro wrestling a sporting event 
or a play? Because often it's worked out in advance. That's an interesting thought, Tim. It's a very good question. I wonder if they flip a coin beforehand to decide which one of them wins, because even though it's fake, being a winner helps you move up. So I would say, yeah, it's a play of manners. The the big sci-fi conventions also includes the Australian pro wrestling guys that get down there. And look, they're, they're worth watching. They're great. Go out there and support your local pro wrestlers. They're fit as fiddle. Nobody gets hurt. With fake wrestling... It's like fake news. Mm. The only people who get hurt are the voters. Crank mail! We've got a question here from Ryan Austin, which really is well outside the scope of this show, Tim. But you being a father, you might get something out of this, basically. He's saying that uh, it's a very convoluted story. Ryan, you, you could have been a bit more succinct in this one. Kids remotely accessing computers and internet connections of their parents or other friends so their parent or guardian cannot turn off nor restrict their internet usage is this a problem because the kids are smarter than their parents gotta say i mean that's a sort of boring question you'd get on what's that show that's on the abc where they have the panel you've been on it tim you know that one with the and that's like fake wrestling because all the questions are set up in advance q and a that's it yeah yeah. q and a it's the pro wrestling of intellectuals it doesn't matter whether we like it or not the little bastards are just going to do it all i would say is move out to the country and chop off the electricity Otherwise, it's a worldwide wahoo. Yes! (laughs) Let them do it. They can't be stopped. Okay, Ryan, off to Kangaroo Island for you and no generator. Let's close it up. We're closing up the crank mail. Crank mail! Oh, hang on. Tim has an addendum. We did get a little bit of crank mail. Oh, I believe you received something from Clementine Ford, Tim. Uh Uh-oh. What's going to happen now? She sent me a nice card saying, yes, Tim, you are a better feminist than I am. So that was very pleasing. Actually, have you been doing any uh, feminist activism here in Glebe? Or uh, have you thought of maybe we could travel down to maybe Northcote or something and do some down there, Tim? Yeah, I got a bus that was driven by a woman. I gave her double the money for a ticket. I said, good on you, sister. Good on you. It's time for Tim's Historical Hypothetical, where we put Tim into a place in history and ask him, well, what would you do, smart-ass? Today's one comes from Listener, and I do recommend you sending in historical hypotheticals to Tim. Shell Lancaster, regular listener to the show, asks, Tim, if you were Hillary Clinton, how would you have done it differently? Putting you back about six months there, how would you have done it differently, Tim? Speaking as a feminist, I would have uh, shown just a little bit of decolletage, just something, just to show what Bill was chasing all those years. I think she could have just gone to Wisconsin and apologised for saying coal was a bad thing because she could always go back on that as president. It was a gross miscalculation, hoping that Bill Clinton's popularity and Hillary's nerdiness would actually work. Even I fell victim to it. Do you think she looked a little bit too smug next to Trump? But then again, he was pretty much into himself as well. They were both very proud of themselves and not of each other. You know, a couple of good catchphrases. Of course, he lost the popular vote, but he won it where it counts, which means he is the president. The only people to blame, as always, in television, I blame the viewers. In elections, I blame the voters, and particularly the voters who don't vote. Oh, maybe next time. No, there won't be a next time. The Democrats will not put a woman up for election for a long time. Oh, yeah, the only people who can really put a woman up and do it successfully are the Conservatives. They've learnt, don't use a woman because voters, God love them, won't vote for that person. And whatever woman in America who claims to be a Democrat didn't vote for Hillary, 
I don't mind if she is squeezed beyond the tightness you would squeeze the testicles of a person you hate. That's Tim's historical hypothetical. Tim correcting history. Comprehension is so important. Look, we'd like to welcome you, of course, to the Glebe Festival of the Bus that's going on here. Just listen to all this. Hang on, there's a 310. What the hell's that doing here? That's not even going anywhere. It says on the front of the bus, going nowhere. Maybe that's to Wagga. I always thought that they should have on the trains where they have in New South Wales to go, this train will stop at nothing. I would like to hear that. I would get on that bus. <laughs> That'd be the Doug Anthony's train. Just to bang on the back of the window looking distressed as we go down the highway. Help! Let us take you to the Skeptics at the Pub in Sydney, which is the first Thursday of every month. It was the 2nd of February where Tim and I were there having a bit of a chat to the Skeptics. Now, you notice that they're very smart people, so they don't laugh straight away. There's always a bit of a delay there as they think about the implications of themselves laughing. You can hear that, can't you, Tim? They don't laugh unless they've really buffed and polished the thing they're laughing at and double-checked its accuracy. The room may have good sound, as you can hear, but there were no lights, Tim. It was like there was some secret shame about us being on there. Keeping sceptics in the dark is not something that you have to reach for as a metaphor. There should be a lot more people who are sceptical. There should be millions, Mm. not hundreds. The world is going to end thanks to our little black friend, Cole. What we need is more people being funny and sceptical. Oh, I have a new T-shirt I'm making. Cole has no better friend than Malcolm Turnbull, but Malcolm Turnbull has no better friend than Cole. He's one of the few people that's happy when he gets that in his Christmas stocking. Jesus, Malcolm, what happened? I thought you were for republics and gay people, but you just turn out to be a fan of Cole and stopping the fucking. How do you reckon the Socialist Alliance would go in an argument with Malcolm Turnbull? Would they have the ability to go head-to-head with him in an argument? Oh, not at all. And the reason is because they've got no sense of humour. What is it, 80 years now pushing the socialist agenda? Really, international socialists, you know what that club is for? It's for old white guys to have sex with first-year uni students. There is no other reason to join the international socialists beyond getting laid. Go to any of their meetings and it will be first-year girls and a bunch of old guys. Wow! Tim Ferguson there, feminist, socialist, revisionist. I am all of those things. International socialists, it's not that international, they live in Northcote. Bunga bunga! bunga. (laughs) Now we take you to the Occidental Hotel, uh, late in the evening on Thursday the 2nd of February. And by the way, the Occidental, the first Thursday of every month, about 6 o'clock, is when the sceptics in the pub happen. And we're going to get sceptical and we're going to hear that right now. I'm (laughs) sceptical. You might be wondering why we're being so enigmatic in the dark here. It's because the light switch doesn't work. I'll just demonstrate it for you because I know you're all sceptical. It's like a rental house in Paddington in the 80s. Tim Ferguson in the dark. Yay! I've got a few questions I want to ask Tim about his life and about what the hell he's been doing and then it's over to you. But I will warn you, he could tell you to get fucked. Tim, uh, when was the last time someone told you to get fucked? 
Well, you did this afternoon. Um, I remember it distinctively. It was definitely Maynard. And why not? Because, you know, if you work closely with someone like me, occasionally we need to be told to get fucked. Say it loud, say it proud. Tim and I are podcasters. Bunga Bunga. There's about 35 shows of us there. And Tim's been making all sorts of proclamations. People write into us and we solve the problems of the world, don't we, Tim? We certainly do. Uh, it's called Bunga Bunga from the Bunga Bunga joke, the punchline to which is death by Bunga Bunga. Ask your parents. And that joke is an example of the inevitable conclusion, I believe, Tim. Uh, yeah, the uh, inevitable conclusion is uh, the joke pattern whereby you think you're going to get out of this, but you just don't. Kenny in South Park is a character, little boy who dies in every episode. And in one episode, he's in hospital with a machine next to him beeping, beep, beep, beep. And the lady from Make-A-Wish Foundation says to him, Kenny, if you could have any wish, what would that wish be? And Kenny says through his muffled jacket, my wish is not to die. And the lady says, if you could have two wishes, <laughs> what would the second one be? So just when we're thinking, oh, he's going to get out, he's, he's going to live, it's not going to work. The inescapable conclusion, another one of those joke types, there's only 26. Tim, you've just finished and it's come out. The movie Spin Out is out now on DVD at your local J&B Hi-Fi store. Please go out and buy that. What was it like, the process of making a movie? It's not like getting up there with the other two and making some noise and making people go, ugh. You've actually had to compromise a lot to make a movie, don't you? Yeah, it's, you know, working in a team. Collaborating means compromise. You can't win every fight, but... Just make sure you work with people who are smarter than you are, and it tends to work. Spin Out did very well. I think we're the third highest grossing Australian film of the year, unlike all those poor Australian dramas, which are designed just to make you feel miserable. You know the ones? No, you don't, because you don't go, because you know when you see Australian drama, you know you can't emotionally put up with another one. Because that's the thing, to get grant money, do you have to be dour and sad or does it just help? It helps because the grant money comes from the government and they like to tick off the issues. There's a new Australian film coming out about incest, which is like, really? There was something about incest that we've missed? <laughs> but the government feels more comfortable highlighting those issues. Luckily, uh, we're just good and our script was strong, so we got all the money we wanted. But for people who are starting out, it's much better to write something utterly, gormlessly horrid. And when you are applying for a grant, it's a bit like Schrodinger's joke. If you have to explain a joke, does the waveform collapse and the joke not be funny? I thought I was working the right crowd here. Obviously, fucking wrong. Wrong. These people don't believe in Schrodinger, you crazy. We did have to take some things out simply because it was about a BNS ball and there are some things that happen at BNS balls that you can't tell anybody. The uh, chandafuck is something that got cut by uh, our American investors. They didn't know what it was until we explained. They said, yeah, we're not doing that. Because one of the original titles of Spin Out was Circle Work, something we would all know here in Australia, but it means something very different in America, I believe, Tim. Uh, yeah, it's something guys do. You are someone who always leaves me in the dust as far as being inspired. You literally, you leap out of bed in the morning and you get stuck into all sorts of things and you've written an opera. You've got something about dinosaurs. I reckon this would be a dinosaur crowd. Yeah, many of the people here tonight are characters. <laughs> hey, I'm 53. I'll be with you shortly. 
Yeah, it's called Billy and the Dinosaurs. It's like Peter and the Wolf, except with dinosaurs and a female protagonist. <gasps> a female protagonist. Who ever thought you could have... Interesting women. Interesting women. Well, I'm not pushing it that far, baby. <laughs> You've also made sure that it's a specifically Australian dinosaur too. You've done some research for, I believe, more than 10 minutes. Oh yeah, which for me is a long time. When they say use your imagination, I do that with facts. What's your next project after the next movie that you're already writing? Can you tell us much about that? Well, it's just about polo. I just forget people like horse movies and now because cameras are very, very small, all of a sudden you can film a polo match. Whereas before people would be killed by those arms of steady cams hanging off horses. But now it's possible. It's a nice story. It makes you laugh, it makes you cry, makes you horny, makes you think. Which is what every story should do. I push with writers, as I push with these young Americans, I teach for NYU and they fly Americans in and I explain comedy to them that it's important if you're gonna have drama you have to technically have drama which is symbolized by a crying mask and a laughing mask and if your comedy isn't about anything serious then as aristotle said it's false wit and if your tragedy doesn't bear any humor then it's preaching and suspicious that's aristotle okay what did he know and that's what i try to push on all the australian screenwriters they still believe that tragedy is the highest form of writing whereas it's the easiest form of writing comedy is just harder because it's compressed tragedy Get my book, The Cheeky Monkey, from a library. I don't want your money, but get the book and have a look. And you'll just spend the whole time slapping your forehead saying, that's a thing? That is a thing? I've got to re-examine my entire life. Then you send me your money. <laughs> and Tim, just before we go into the questions here, there's, there's one thing you've always been pretty adamant about throughout your entire career, whether it be the review of your cinema or the review of the Doug Anthony's or the review of your TV shows, is that you really don't like reviewers. Reviews have always been kind. They've always been very nice because, you know, we work very hard. We know what we're doing. And so they always say something nice. Does the wheelchair help with that? The wheelchair makes us invincible. <laughs> Get one of these if you want to withstand reviewers. But I just worry about reviewers because if you think about it, on my headstone, there'll be something sort of interesting. On the headstone of Spike Milligan, it says in Gaelic, I told you I was sick. <laughs> Whereas if you're a reviewer, what are you going to have? Lived from here till there, criticised the work of other more exciting people with a degree of provable accuracy. It doesn't seem like a way to spend your life. So I, whenever I meet someone who says they do reviews, I post them Theodore Roosevelt's speech, The Man in the Arena, who says the man in the arena is the one who experiences the enthusiasms, the great losses and defeats, and when he wins, he wins big, but he knows the great enthusiasms unlike those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat, otherwise known as reviewers, who make 400 bucks out of sitting on someone else's shoulder and picking at their nits. Poor darlings, I just say you've got to get out of this because I can see your headstone now and it, it's got too many words. A TV reviewer, is there anything lower? If we are trying to get across with facts to someone who is presenting a whole bunch of false facts, you suggested ridicule. What is the best amateur way for someone who isn't a professional ridicule artist like you are that could probably work with someone who hasn't tried it before? Sock puppets. <laughs> Just say, I will talk and you will be the sock puppet. And I will say what you're saying word for word 
Because if what you're saying cannot be repeated by a sock puppet and maintain some kind of dignity, there's something wrong. Over here, what's your question for Tim Ferguson? What is a chunderfuck? <laughs> well, uh, a friend of mine saw this at a B&S ball and he said there were two people, a boy and a girl, and while she was spewing rhythmically, bending oh. over... He was there with beer in hand doing what boys do. <laughs> Mr. Mendham, what is your question? What is irony and why don't Americans have it? It's a good question. It's what, something that always seems to come up. Irony is not what Alanis Morissette said, and she's a Canadian, she should know better. Irony is very simply what comes between your intention and the outcome. Now, Americans find this difficult because they don't like to think due to their positive Sesame Street morality that your very nature could permanently be in your way because they all believe that if you follow your true instincts, if you follow your heart, if you're true to yourself, you will get what you want or have a good chance at it. So they don't particularly like the idea of a character getting in their own way. And they don't understand it. I haven't even started on these NYU kids, but last year was a disaster. It was an hour of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> you know, it can be dramatic irony where people don't know the full situation, or it can just be irony due to their nature. A deeply suspicious person trying to meet the love of their life, you know, the date is never going to go well because they're deeply suspicious. They might get laid, but only once, only once. Also, for someone who lives in Glebe, Northcote is one of the great Melbourne suburbs, and you've had some advice for the people of Northcote about their problems. Yes, Northcote's full of hipsters. Uh, they eat quinoa. <laughs> Say quinoa at your cafe, and you'll see them bite, them bite their tongue, and they won't be able to help them. You mean quinoa? And that's where you just frown and say, I don't, nope, I don't think that's a thing. The suburb of Northgate, uh, of Glebe, both these suburbs should really try as hard as they can to just get fucked. <laughs> and we're back at the beginning. Tim Ferguson! There we were, a live bunga bunga pretty much, a, a de facto, a pseudo bunga bunga live. It was incredibly exciting, man. I've got an NYU student who is seriously a Flat Earth Society member and actually believes the Earth is flat. Now, uh, is that on religious grounds? Sometimes it's religious grounds that they do that. What is it? Well, that, uh, first I thought that's what it was, but no, she just said it just doesn't make any sense. I did say, what about, you know, all the aeroplanes that go around the world? She said, do they? They only think they're going around the world because the machines tell them they're going around the world. Yeah. Around the world trip, she said, is just basically an across the world. Trip. You should point out that there are actually trips between South America and Australia. That would kind of break it down a little bit. It does break it down a little bit, but it's a bit hard to get sense out of someone who's convinced the earth is flat. It's a bit like trying to talk to someone from Hillsong. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. I recommend it if you are into flat earth theory or indeed hologram theory, which I have a passing interest in myself, go to YouTube because it doesn't matter what it is, it's all there. And furthermore, the anti-vaccination people are sceptics who've just gone too far. 
and they would say, but I'm being sceptical. Is another word, I'm being stupid. With that, we should get into Tim Ferguson's right of reply. This is where Tim gives you an answer to a question he was never asked in the first place. Don't expect too much. Tim. I've got MS. Uh, the other day, someone sent me an email saying, maybe you have Lyme's disease. And I thought, oh, I've got to have a look at that. It turns out that um, sometimes... <laughs> Sorry, Tim, I have to interrupt you. Just behind us, there's a bit of amusing reverse parking going on, if you'd like to... Uh... <laughs> I think you can hear it going on. It's Glebe. They all smoke too much pot. They're reverse parking into a no-parking zone. In a Hyundai, always a dangerous thing. I used to advertise those cars, and I've got to say, it's very hard to see out the back. Of course, they've got glass all round so I can understand the driver's confusion. And he just leaped out and now he has run into the chemist. I think your theory about drugs could be spot on there Tim. Yeah he's gone to get some eye drops. Sorry Tim I did interrupt you you were talking about Lyme disease. Officially this disease does not exist in Australia. Uh, It doesn't exist in Australia and it was uh, intrusive, rude, gormless and pig-headed of this person to then take umbrage of my mockery of them. Which took what form, Tim? My mockery was to say, yes, you are absolutely right. I give Lyme's disease to all of my friends. People will send advice to me just because I've got multiple sclerosis the advice will be bullshit and when I say that advice is bullshit advice they then go and act like I've called them up out of the blue and poked my nose in their business but to be kind I took a guess I took a punt I didn't see a photograph of this person but I did send them a link to Weight Watchers please if you want to hear me colorfully abuse you by all means get in touch and recommend some wacky theory or say that 40 years of dealing with multiple sclerosis has been in vain because I have a disease that's not even in Australia. Don't expect too much. You've been listening to Bunga Bunga 33. If you'd like to contact us on the Bunga Bunga world, you can get us through our Bunga Bunga Facebook page. You can get us through the Maynard Facebook page, Maynard Comal, or one word on Twitter. Or for Tim, we can find you at... At Real Tim Ferguson on Twitter. And, oh, I'll be on Facebook somewhere. Or you can go to cheekymonkeycomedy.com and you'll find all sorts of Doug Anthony All-Stars nonsense. Keep an eye out for me on the box. Keep an eye out for Tim on the tour with the Anthony All Stars, this has been your magic number, Bunga Bunga 33, saying see you later from me, Maynard. And for God's sake, put something on. Bunga Bunga 
can call it your lucky partner Maybe you can call it your adjective But odd as it may be Without my one and two, where would there be? My three mates passing me and that's the magic number what does it all mean? Focus is formed by flaunt of the soul. Souls who fall style gain praises by pounds. Comment on speakers who honor the scroll. Scroll written daily creates a new sound. Listeners, listen, cause this here is wisdom. Wisdom of a speaker, a dumb and a plug. Set aside a legal substance and feed them for now. Get them high off this dialect jury. Time is a factor, so it's time to count. Count not the negative actions of one. Speakers of soul say it's time to shout. Three forms of soul to a positive sum. Dance to this fix and flex every muscle. Space can be filled if you ride like my lumber. Advance to the tune, but don't don't do the hustle, shake, rattle, roll to my magic number Now you may try to subtract it, but it just won't go away Three times one What is it? One, two, three yeah. That's a magic number Maynard.com.au AU Bryson and Hume Everything digital